What up, everybody? You know who it is. It's George Beckner, and I'm back with another episode of In the Paint. I got some interesting stuff I want to hit y'all up with this week. Carmelo Anthony and the OKC Thunder parting ways. What to expect with LeBron in L.A.? The top five greatest Lakers of all time, in my opinion. And two guys doing well for their community. All this and more right after this on In the Paint. I want to let you know that this week's show is brought to you by the law office of Harry R. Brown Jr. Harry is an injury attorney that specializes in car accidents, truck accidents, work-related injuries, and more. If you need to reach Harry, you can do so at www.hrbrownlaw.com or you can call him at 225-938-5556. So ladies and gentlemen, if y'all remember anything else I've said tonight, anything else I've said on this particular episode, remember this. Call Harry Brown. That's 225-938-5556. All right, everybody. First thing on my mind is the continued craziness of the NBA offseason. Last week, we discussed all kind of surprising moves. You talking about like Boogie Cousins to the Warriors, Paul George staying in Oklahoma City, Rondo to the Lakers. Just all kind of unexpected things happened last week. And now there's more unexpected news. Reports coming out of Oklahoma City that the Thunder and Carmelo Anthony will be parting ways this summer. Carmelo, who opted into his contract, was scheduled to make $27.5 million this year, will apparently be bought out of his contract, and Carmelo wants to play for a contender. You know, I, I, I like this move for both teams. I don't think Carmelo fit in Oklahoma City. Uh, you got Russell Westbrook, who's the man running the show. He's a shoot-first point guard. He can distribute. But somebody like Carmelo is very, very disruptive, right? Now, Carmelo not as explosive as he was when he was in Denver, maybe his early days in New York. But... I think the man still has some value at this point in his career. He'll be entering in his 16th season and is still a guy who can who you can throw the ball to and he could go get you a basket, right? That's invaluable in today's NBA. But he's an ISO player and he doesn't work in certain systems because he's disruptive to the natural flow of an offense. And he's not the player he used to be. So it's not like he's going to go out and get you 30, 40 points a night. He's just not that guy anymore. But he's still a very, very good scorer. So for me, the value I see that Carmelo Anthony brings to the table is coming off the bench with that second unit. Because it doesn't really matter if you're really disrupting the flow of the offense with that second unit because your stars are out, you know. So you could throw the ball at Carmelo and Carmelo could go get you two while your players are getting a breather. So he still has that type of value 
and to a team in the playoffs, he can drive, he can still kick, he can still shoot, he can still he can still do a lot. So I think he brings value to the table, and he wants to play for a contender. So in my mind, there's really two landing spots that Camella can land, right? Well, maybe three. I'll say three, you know. If he wants to play for veterans minimum, which looks like is very likely, he can really go anywhere. He he can really go anywhere because everybody will be able to afford him. You know, you talk about getting getting a ring because this is his 16th season. He's never won a championship. Golden State comes to mind. They just signed Boogie Cousins. You know, if you want to go ring chase, why not go to Golden State, right? He can come off the bench. He could he could play a significant role. He can still shoot the basketball. He can still contribute to the team, and they can win. I don't really like the idea of Carmelo and Golden State, but that's a possible landing spot. A better fit, in my mind, for Carmelo Anthony would be the Houston Rockets. I think the way this team is built is the perfect system for Carmelo to go play in. You know, Mike D'Antoni, he believes in a lot of volume. He he wants to get quick shots off. He wants to get a lot of shots up. They shoot a lot of three-pointers. They don't play a whole lot of defense. They Their game plan, they're going to outscore you, which is perfect for Carmelo Anthony. You know, Carmelo, at this point in his career, he doesn't play a whole lot of defense. Then you got James Harden, who's a – Triple-double guy who can get get 10 assists. Chris Paul is the consummate point guard to me. You know, he, he's that he's the last of the dying breed of the facilitate first point guards. So, I think he can really have a good impact in Houston being a guy, like I said earlier, he can come off the bench, he can get you a bucket, he can shoot the basketball still. He an ISO, which the Rockets love to ISO and get up quick shots. I think the best option for Carmelo Anthony, if he wants to contribute, if he wants to have a shot of, at a championship ring, to go there, not be an alpha individual, play your role in Houston, and you'll be fine. And everybody's most, probably the most obvious choice to me, would be the new look L.A. Lakers. You know, it's no secret that LeBron James has always wanted to play with some of his partners, especially at the end of his career. You know, he and Carmelo always had a good relationship throughout high school. They would play each other in high school. Carmelo went to Syracuse uh, the year before LeBron graduated high school, but they then came in the NBA together in that draft of 2003 there's definitely a relationship there. They played on two United States gold medal teams together. They won the bronze together in 04. So there's a lot of familiarity there between LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony. And I'm thinking that Carmelo will more likely accept a beta role if he's playing with the greatest player in the game in LeBron James. And they already have that relationship built. So that could work for Carmella. I think the Rockets system benefits 
him more. But the Lakers would be a good landing spot for him. It'll, you know, he has a chance to win the title because it seems like no matter what team you put LeBron on, he's got a shot to go to the finals. Now, obviously, he's in the West, and you have those stacked Warriors in the West as well. You also got a very good Houston team. I'm not sure LeBron gets back to the finals this year, but, you know, he's never ruled out. So I think all three of those spots are, are solid landing spots for Carmelo. If you ask me, I think he'll end up in L.A. That just seems like the thing to do because, you know, it's the Lakers. You know, who at one point in time did not want to play for the Lakers unless you were a Celtics fan? I mean, really. And then you're playing with the greatest player in the game. But the greatest fit for Carmelo Anthony has to be the Houston Rockets. It just has to be. But – and speaking of those L.A. Lakers, you know, they, they got to be the hot topic. It's L.A. You got Magic Johnson. You know, you, you got LeBron James, the greatest player in the NBA right now. You, you got all these factors. They keep doing different things. And reports are coming out that LeBron James has been working on playing from the post this year. I couldn't believe it. I've been screaming this the whole year. Last year in Cleveland, I felt like that would have saved some of the gas in his tank and he might have had some more energy in the finals. I also feel like the Warriors wouldn't have been able to stop him in the post. But that's that's just me. But anyway, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad to hear this. He's been watching some old Michael Jordan film and some old Kobe Bryant film on how to play in the post and be effective. Now, this will actually help some of the younger guys that the Lakers have. You know, if Lonzo Ball could develop a shot, he could benefit off this. Kuzma will be open a lot. So will Brandon Ingram. So it's going to create some opportunities for some of these younger guys. And if the Lakers are able to go out and get some shooters around LeBron, you might have something special. But I did mention the fact that he has been studying Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and how they play in the post from a wingman position. Now, something that they had in common was they both played in the post under the direction of one Phil Jackson. And it seems like there's some buzz. I don't know how true this is. I, I, I don't know how legitimate this rumor is, but the Lakers are interested in bringing back Phil Jackson, the coach. Now, if this happens, you got to like the Lakers' chances a whole lot better. Look, and no disrespect to Luke Walton. You know, I think he's a he's a solid, up-and-coming young coach. I don't think he's the guy who's going to get the Lakers off to the, to the next level, you know, there was some talk about Tyron Lue passing the torch to him as being LeBron James's coach. I mean, that's all foolishness. I, I just think that a guy like Luke Walton or Tyron Lue or David Blatt, whoever you want to put on it, what can you tell LeBron James? What, what can you honestly tell LeBron? It's LeBron's team. 
I don't see how you coach a guy like that if you're one of those guys, right? Because LeBron has accomplished more in his NBA career than you. He's seen more. He's been more places. But if you're bringing a guy like Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson has 13 championship rings, two as a player, 11 as a 11 as a head coach. You know, you that kind of credibility walks into the door. Then if you LeBron James, you got to you got to be quiet. Cuz think about it. Phil Jackson has been to 13 finals as a head coach in 111. So that means he's 11 and 2 in the finals. LeBron's been to nine finals and only has three rings. So Phil got instant credibility. And then you got Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Shaq, all these major personalities, all these big names have been able to come in and play for you and have success. So I think it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate check for LeBron James. You know, then you then he's talking about working out in the post. One of the key elements to Phil Jackson's triangle offense is having a guy in the post that can score the basketball from the post. So LeBron works on this turnaround jumper. He's able to score from the post, which, I mean, I feel like he can. He's LeBron James, right? This this makes this Laker team better. You got a quality point guard in Rajon Rondo. It's an attractive place for free agents. It's L.A. You know, and then you've got money to spend and some good and a good young nucleus. All of a sudden, this Laker team is forming up and starting to look like something. I like this. You know, I'm not a. I wouldn't consider myself to be a Laker fan by any stretch. I'm a homer. I'm always gonna be a homer. Saints, Pelicans, LSU, you name it. I'm a homer. But at the same time, this will be fun to watch. So I'm I'm gonna keep my eye on this situation in LA. And I will be bringing you the latest week in and week out. But what I find really, really interesting about this LeBron James Lakers situation has been the fan reaction. You know, I've been keeping up with social media and all the and all the memes that's been coming out about LeBron James being a Laker. Some people are saying that he's already the greatest Laker of all time, which is ridiculous. And some people are on the opposite end of that spectrum. Some people are diehard Kobe fans that don't want LeBron fans wearing their purple and gold. Like a couple of friends of mine, like Shaq Ruffin and Conde. You know, they just, they're Kobe guys. So they don't feel like LeBron has that same edge and LeBron's bringing, bringing his bandwagon fans to L.A. So something that happened in L.A., apparently somebody painted this, this mural of LeBron on the side of a wall and was like King James in the Lakers uniform and all this good stuff. And then somebody came and defaced it saying he was three and six in the finals. He ain't no king. I just thought that was hilarious. But all this fan reaction has inspired me to come up with my own list of the greatest LA Lakers. You know, now, I'm not a Laker fan, so this comes from an unbiased perspective. But I went back and I looked at some accomplishments 
you know, personal accolades, championships, and I had to really make me a good list. So I made a top five list of the greatest Lakers. So before I even get to my top five, I got to give you a little bit honorable mention, right? So my first guy on the honorable mention of the greatest Lakers has to be James Worthy. James Worthy got three titles in the 80s. He also was a one-time finals MVP in that last championship in the 80s against the Detroit Pistons. Um, James Worthy, he was an all-star. He played well. But the reason why he didn't crack my top five is because there were two other guys on that same team in Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar where he was the third option. So he he's automatically eliminated from my top five. And he doesn't have any league MVPs or anything like that. Um, Elgin Baylor is another guy that made my honorable mention. Um, he's an all-time great, one of the great scorers in NBA history. But when it comes down to it, Elgin Baylor doesn't have any hardware. He doesn't have any rings. And when you're talking about this L.A. Laker legacy, you got to win something to make the list. I'm sorry. And Jerry West, the logo, is my last guy in honorable mention. You know, he he won a championship with the Lakers. He went to the finals nine times, believe it or not. He only won one of them. So he's won and eight in the finals. So he actually makes LeBron's finals record look good. Um, he's the only guy in, MV, in NBA history to have a finals MVP in a losing effort. So he has one NBA finals MVP. So, you know, Jerry West... Again, all-time great, just not great enough for my top five. And now for my top five list. Now, keep in mind, I didn't make my list based off the whole career of these gentlemen. I made my list based solely on what they did in a Laker jersey. So, it's only what they did in their time in L.A., I didn't take into consideration what they did in the rest of their career. At number five, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain, he's a two-time NBA champion, but he's only got one with the Lakers. He was a finals MVP in 1972, but he doesn't have any league MVPs with the Lakers. He's a three-time league MVP, but those were from his his warrior days and his 76er days. So he did a lot of great things in his career. Obviously, Will Chamberlain is one of the all-time greatest players. But two-time champion, or excuse me, one-time champion with the Lakers and one finals MVP got Wilt the Stilt at number five on my list. Number four, this is going to come to a complete shock to everybody, but again, is based on what you did in L.A. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number four on my list. Now, Kareem is a six-time NBA champion, but he has five with the Lakers, part of that Showtime Lakers in the 80s. He only has one finals MVP, and that was in the 1980 series with the Lakers. And he has three league MVPs, but the only one came after Magic Johnson was in, was on the team. So Kareem, 
again, one of the all-time greatest players of all time, but a big part of his success came in Milwaukee. So five rings, one finals MVP, and three league MVPs get you fourth on this list. You know, that, that's, that sounds crazy, but that just goes to show you how impressive these Lakers have been. Number three, probably the most dominant big man ever, Shaquille O'Neal. From about 1996 to 2004 was probably one of the most dominant periods I've ever seen. In that span of time, Shaq was able to win an NBA title three times. He was finals MVP three times, and he also got a league MVP. And in this span, there was no one man powerful to check the diesel. He just You just couldn't do it. So Shaq, for being one of the most dominant men I've ever seen in any sport, lands at number three on my all-time greatest Laker list. At number two, a man that most people would put number one, a 20-year Laker, goes to Kobe Bean Bryant. He spent his whole career in L.A., He's a five-time NBA champion. He's a one-time league MVP and a two-time finals MVP. The man that scored 81 points in the game as a Laker comes in second on my list. You know, Kobe was the man. He's the man that LeBron James hopes to be like in L.A. But he comes short only behind one guy and that's, in my opinion, the guy, when you think of the L.A. Lakers, you think of this one guy. And that's Irvin Magic Johnson. He's a five-time NBA champion in the 80s. Three-time finals MVP and three-time league MVP. I feel like Magic has the most balance of personal accolades and league accolades and, and team accolades of anybody on this list. And he did all this damage in about 12 seasons. You know, he came back after he retired from HIV in 96 to play like a half a year. But for the most part, Magic Johnson's career was cut short and he was able to accomplish all of this. Um, had he played longer, I'm not sure if he still would have accomplished a lot, a lot more, because obviously he would have ran up against those Bulls a lot more. But five championships in 12 years, that's that's impressive to me. So that's my that's my top five list. I'm going to give it to you again. The honorable mention was Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, and James Worthy. At number five, I had Wilt the Stilt. Number four, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Number three, Shaquille O'Neal. Number two, Kobe Bean Bryant, the Black Mamba, and number one, Magic Johnson. There's going to be some Laker fans that disagree with my list, and that's cool. My social media hadn't changed. On Instagram, it's at N underscore the underscore paint. And my, my Twitter is at George underscore Becknell. They'll both be in the descriptions of the show. But if you don't agree with that, let me know. I'd be curious to hear what you got to say on that. But that's my top five Lakers of all time. All right, everybody. Before I wrap this episode up, 
something I'm going to start doing on in the paint is highlighting some positivity in the community from from athletes, right? Because we always hear the stories when 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 brothers get in trouble or something negative. But I want to talk about some of the positive things these gentlemen do in the community that makes a difference. So I'm going to start out with something pretty local to me. There was a young lady named Janae Garner attending Louisiana State University, a school I attended. And uh, she was a trainer. And there was a tuition increase. And she had to come out of pocket for tuition. You know, she said she was too close to fail. She started a GoFundMe account to get some to get some extra funds. And there was a tweet where she just asked for anything. You know, she had to raise five thousand dollars. She was like, anybody could give me a dollar, five dollars, anything can help. Well, two former LSU running backs, now NFL stars, Darius Geis. And Leonard Fournette pitched in to take care of this young lady's tuition. You know, um, Geis was the first to see the tweet. He gave the young lady $1,000. He retweeted it. Leonard Fournette reached out to her personally. So Fournette sent her a message on Twitter instructing her to give him her number. He hit her up and took care of the rest. And I can't say enough about these gentlemen. These guys always carried themselves with class. I know Darius Geis got a bad rep in the combine. And my personal opinion is that was a bunch of crap that they gave him. He didn't deserve it. But he continues to handle himself like a class act. Leonard Fournette, same thing. So I salute these guys on the job well done. Continue to invest in your community. Now that's all I got on this week's episode. It's always my hope that you thoroughly enjoy what you've heard. I always love feedback. I'm going to bring a little bit more positivity as far as what these guys are doing in the community. But let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about my top five Lakers. Let me know what you think about LeBron and the Lakers. And let me know what you think about Melo and where he's going. But until then, if I don't hear from you, I'll see you next week in the paint.